0: Welcome to Talks at Stellenbosch Uni, Stellenbosch University's podcast where we talk about current topics and innovative research done at the university. Today I'll be speaking to Higu Pinar. He's the chief economist at the Bureau for Economic Research of Stellenbosch University. Higu takes responsibility for the Bureau's macro forecast and won the Thomson Reuters South African Economist of the Year Award in 2014. He's the author of the Bureau's flagship Economic Outlook publication. In short, Higu helps us make sense of economics. He holds a master's degree at Stellenbosch University in economics. Hego, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. He, this past Wednesday, Minister Tito delivered his budget speech. In what has been a difficult time across the world, briefly sketch the macroeconomic backdrop that makes this budget speech particularly challenging.
1: Sure. Uh, perhaps one can start by saying that even before the COVID pandemic hit the world and South Africa. Uh, our growth environment was under pressure. Uh, so in the five years um, leading up to uh, last year, so the start of the pandemic, South Africa's real GDP growth uh, averaged just below 1%. Now, just to put that into perspective, our population growth is roughly around 1.5 to 2%. So the economy was was growing Below the population growth rate, so so we were getting poorer in per capita terms, and then of and then of course on top of this already poor environment, we then had the, the we are still having the, the COVID nineteen uh, crisis, and that of course had a very it 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 did not just have a very detrimental impact on our GDP performance, but also on government revenue. Um, so now the Treasury is sitting with uh, a debt that was already increasing before COVID. Now we have this huge revenue hit. And now, of course, the debt is in an even worse uh, situation. So they now uh, sit with, with that problem and a, a growth problem. And how do you sort of balance the two? Uh, which And I guess that was the key challenge going into this budget.
0: So, if I hear correctly, it's the balance. So, given this precarious backdrop, how do you assess this budget?
1: Yeah, I, I must say, I, I think we, on one level, one probably could have not have hoped for for much better, and and I'll I'll briefly explain why. So, the Treasury decided not, besides the normal. Increase in the fuel levy and the SIN taxes, in other words, the tax on, on alcohol and on tobacco. Besides those, uh, let's call them run-of-the-mill tax increases that, that we see every year, there, there were no other major tax um, increases. So on the personal income tax side, um, except if one got a uh, quite a substantial salary increase this year, which I think for most people is unlikely. Your tax burden will will not be be going up, um, and and the Treasury signaled that from next year the corporate tax rate uh, will come down by by one percentage point. So I think that's a positive. Um, that that we didn't see any major uh, tax increases. And then on the expenditure side, uh, the Treasury largely stuck to a uh, consolidation program, a fairly aggressive uh, consolidation program, which tries to limit the increase in government spending over the next uh, number of years. And it is specifically focused on the public sector wage bill so in other words the the number of government employees times the the salary that that we pay them so that has become a very large part of government spending over many years uh, we are now trying to rein that back it is of course difficult politically uh, to do that but for now treasury is sticking to their guns uh, on that and i think that is also a a positive that that we can take from um, from this budget, of course, it means that uh, in real terms, uh, government employees will will see a decline in, in income. But that is necessary so that we can uh, um, so that we can release more funds to spend on things like public infrastructure, uh, which which will presumably help uh, to get the economy going again uh, after COVID.
0: How was the budget received by the financial markets and other parts of society?
1: So there's always a bit of a, a, a mixed reaction, depending what your uh, sort of um, ideological perspective is or the interests um, that 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 you have. The financial markets in general uh, responded positively. Uh, so uh, the interest rate on long-term government bonds uh, declined uh, initially when the numbers were, were released. Uh, the RAND was was a bit stronger and the stock market also seemed to, uh, to like the budget. One must always bear in mind that at the same time that the budget is released, of course, there are things happening uh, internationally that may also impact our financial markets. But I think in general, uh, the, the reaction was was quite uh, positive, and there were some co- positive um, comments from uh, business uh, as well. Uh, Anglo American, for example, the big mining company, they liked some of the foreign exchange control relaxations that that were announced uh, in the budget. But then we had the labor unions, um, and they were um, uh, they were on the other side of the spectrum, so they had quite a bit of critique for the budget, and this relates to uh, the public sector wage bill scenario that I outlined um, earlier. There was also some critique that um, the increase in social grant payments, that, that that will not keep track with inflation. Uh, over the next uh, couple of years. So, yeah, as I say, a, a, a bit of a mix uh, depending on, on where you you sit, but, but I get the impression that the markets and the business sector in general um, were, given the constraints, uh, fairly pleased with what we saw in the budget.
0: Yeah, once again, I hear the balancing act that needs to take place throughout. And what are some of the major execution risks to achieving the targets outlined in the budget?
1: So the one, given the the crucial role of the wage bill in our consolidation program, I think that would be a top of mind. So the Treasury is assuming a effective freeze in the the wage bill over the next three years. And and that is uh, it's not clear whether we will a- achieve that. Um, the government and the and the public sector unions will sit down to negotiate um, that uh, in the next couple of months. Um, so that is a uncertainty of whether that freeze will will in fact uh, stick. So there's a commitment from the treasury and the government to that, uh, but there is a risk that you know come, if we talk this time next year, uh, that that would not have been possible uh, to implement. Uh, the other one is we need to get growth going, right? So, so we need to implement a number of reforms to get faster uh, GDP growth. And although the government, I think, has reasonable plans uh, to do that, What we've seen for a number of years is a lack of implementation or very slow implementation on these uh, reforms. So if that continues to be the case uh, and our growth continues to disappoint, it would imply that the revenue projections uh, that the Treasury have have put on the table that they uh, uh, don't materialize. So, So I think there are... Um, there are risks on the expenditure side, uh, but also on the, on the assumptions on revenue. Now, I think the Treasury was quite conservative in their growth forecasts, which I think is, is, is appropriate. Um, but even, even with that conservative view, uh, uh, there, there are uh, some potential downside risks.
0: Now, you've mentioned it here and there and bringing it back, not from corporates and not from big organizations, but bringing it back to the the person on the street, the average South African, how does the budget impact them?
1: Yeah, so again, it, it, it probably depends on, on where you are at, um, what sort of income you, you earn, are you in employment um, or not? So, um, if you are unemployed, then… I guess it is very much about um, what sort of assistance is government uh, uh, providing uh, to you in, in, in the form of uh, social grants or a public employment uh, drive. So the, the social grants have been protected. Um, of course, last year we actually had a big increase in grants. So, so there were top-ups. There, were, there was the introduction of a, of a special COVID-19 additional grant. That grant has been extended for another uh, three months. So, so I think some of that income boost to, uh, to, to unemployed people will continue, at least for the, uh, for the very uh, short term. As I mentioned, the, going forward, the grant increases um, are not going to keep track with, with inflation. Um, that is going to be a big debate. Um, I, I think so we'll see whether whether the uh, treasury sticks uh, to that. And then I mentioned earlier about uh, that we didn't see any major tax increases, especially on the personal income side. So you know for any uh, anybody earning a salary um, above the sort of threshold where taxes come come in, I mean that that certainly is. Uh, positive news. So, you know, lots of people are, are under pressure, of course, in, in the COVID environment. So I think um, that will be welcomed, um, that there's no additional pressure coming from uh, from from the Treasury. I forgot to mention earlier that, of course, another focus in the budget was financing uh, the health response to uh, COVID-19. Um, so I guess for, for all of us, the fact that uh, additional funds were made available to finance both the vac- the procurement of vaccines and the rollout of vaccines. It was sort of a, a no-brainer that uh, government did that, but still, um, the the fact that you know. Uh, I forget the specific number, but it's it's sort of 10 billion rand plus additional was provided for that in this budget. Uh, that, that clearly also is, is a positive.
0: You're on that positive note, thank you very much. It's been great talking to you and all of the best.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. Follow all the latest Stellenbosch University news at www.sun.ac.za or follow us on all the largest social media platforms.